Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I think I did a video about that gigantic award against Johnson & Johnson with the baby powder not so long ago. And uh, it's back in the news. Scott sent me a note. said Steve checks out from CBS News. Christopher Brooks wrote it. Court dismisses $224 million verdict against Johnson & Johnson telcom powder lawsuit. And so, as so often happens, the gigantic jury verdict's been knocked down by a court on appeal. But here it was an appeals court, and, and it got completely overturned, zeroed out. So there may have to be a new trial to see if anything's going to happen here. New Jersey court's thrown out a nearly $224 million verdict against Johnson & Johnson that was awarded to four people who alleged in a lawsuit they got cancer from using the company's talcum powder products. The three-judge appeals court ordered a new trial after ruling that expert testimony presented in the lower court was faulty. And those were experts hired by the plaintiffs. Johnson & Johnson was ordered in 2019 to pay uh, New Jersey residents $37.3 million in actual damages and $186 million in punitive damages. The company appealed the decision, arguing that three experts selected to testify during the trial presented flawed or incomplete information. And so when you go to court, if there's a question that is beyond the realm of normal expertise, you can bring in experts to explain it to the jury. So you don't have an expert come in and explain the basic stuff, like, oh, the sun rises and the sun sets. But if you want to start talking about the chemical composition of something and how that interacts with human biology, you bring in some experts. Those could be doctors. Those could be uh, chemists. It could be anybody who's got expertise in that field. However, there are standards that the experts have got to meet to come in and testify because an expert is rendering an opinion, whereas a fact witness is talking about facts. So somebody who saw something, I saw the car accident, I can come in and testify about the car accident. I cannot testify about the probable reasons for the failure of the brakes in one of those cars simply because I saw it happen. However, if I'm an expert in braking technology or I'm an engineer of some sort, I might be able to. So experts can testify as to opinions, but the opinions got to be well-founded in science of some sort. And that threshold question is often thought about at the trial court level. And so I guarantee you that at trial, the uh, plaintiff said, here's our experts who are going to testify. The defendants, I'm sure, took their depositions and had them testify in advance as to what they're going to say at court and what their opinions are going to be and what the opinions are based upon. And so then there were probably fights over whether or not these witnesses should be testifying based on what their expertise is. And so it looks like this expert testimony of, I believe, three experts uh, was said to be incorrect when reviewed by the appellate court. So... For instance, one of the people who testified is an occupational medicine doctor at North Shore University Hospital in Long Island. Another was a materials scientist in Georgia uh, and a former member of the National Asbestos Council. And one was an independent environmental health scientist and consultant from Oregon who has done research on asbestos contamination in air and water. But of course, the allegation here is that it was contamination in talcum powder. So it turns out, for instance that one witness never concluded that using the talc led to cancer prior to the trial, while one of them did not precisely determine how many times the plaintiffs had used the powder, according to the Johnson & Johnson attorneys. One of them testified that certain minerals found in the baby powder, known as cleavage fragments, 
can cause cancer, but he based that conclusion on an outdated study that needed further research, according to Johnson & Johnson. So the appeals court agreed with the company's argument that the lower court should not have allowed those three experts to testify. Uh, In sum, the trial court erred when it admitted uh, the two witnesses' testimony about the fragments and the one witness's testimony that extrapolated uh, information, the judge wrote. Uh, these errors taken singularly or collectively were harmful and require the reversal of the jury verdict. So the plaintiffs can retry this case. Well, both sides can retry it. But if the plaintiffs want to push it, they can have this case retried and see what happens. But they're not going to be able to use these three witnesses, at least not the way they did, and probably going to have to go out and find other witnesses who can testify to what they need testified to, if, in fact, that can be found. So J&J has spent years battling, and sometimes losing, thousands of lawsuits alleging that asbestos and talcum powder caused cancer. In 2019, a Missouri court ordered J&J to pay $4.7 billion with a B in damages to women who alleged the product gave them cancer. That amount was later reduced to $2.1 billion. So you might go, wow, $2.1 billion verdict, that'd be bad. Yeah, so to 4.7. So on appeal, they got it cut in half, more, more than half. So Johnson & Johnson maintains the baby powder, which no longer sells, is safe and does not cause cancer. A U.S. government-led analysis of a quarter of a million women, the largest such study to look at the question, found no strong evidence linking baby powder with ovarian cancer, although the lead author of the analysis called the results very ambiguous, very ambiguous. So it's kind of like, well, it didn't prove it, didn't disprove it, you know. So in 2020, the company recalled 33,000 bottles of the stuff after the Food and, Drum, uh, Food and Drug Administration found a small amount of asbestos in a bottle purchased online. Later that year, J&J said that 15 tests of the same bottle of baby powder conducted by two laboratories found none. Found none. So that's always the interesting thing. When one expert reviews something, goes, I tested this sample and found such and such. Well, another expert comes along and tests it because I found nothing. Found nothing. So one of them could be mistaken, or did something change in the meantime, or were they using different tests? And so this is all the kind of stuff that you'd argue about in court. Meanwhile, the worldwide vice president of litigation at Johnson & Johnson said in a statement to CBS Money Watch that the appellate court's decision resoundingly rejects, again, the junk science advanced by purported experts paid by the mass tort asbestos bar. And by the way, That's one of the questions you'll hear every expert ask in court. Isn't it true you're being paid to be here? And I've seen an expert go, yes, counselor, and so are you. Yeah, I'm an attorney. I get paid to be in court. But here, you're uh, a scientist or a doctor or whatever it is you normally do. You normally teach in a classroom or you normally see clients. And here, you're just sitting here testifying and rendering an opinion and being paid. How much are you being paid? And you discover that some of these witnesses are being paid these crazy amounts of money and also being paid to fly all over the country and put up in nice hotels and stuff. And I actually saw, and I'm not making this up, I actually saw an expert witness in a case once who, when asked the question, isn't it true you're being paid to be here, said, yeah, so are you. And the attorney said, yeah, okay, but you are being paid for other things as well. And the witness goes, like, what? And the attorney goes, you were given a plane ticket to fly out here, weren't you? And she goes, yeah. He goes, who paid for that? She goes, I don't know. Guy goes, you have a plane ticket? You don't know who paid for it? She goes, yeah. 
Trini goes, well, how'd you get the plane ticket? And she goes, uh, I just went to the airport and said who I was, and they gave me a ticket. You didn't pay for it. No, but someone did pay for it. Yes. Who paid for it? I don't know. Well, how did you know there was a plane ticket at the airport with your name on it, so to speak? And she goes, my secretary told me. But did your secretary tell you who told you that there's a ticket out here with your name on it? No. So could we, could we assume that it's paid for by defense counsel or their clients? And the witness actually goes, I don't know. I don't know. And she actually wanted the court to believe there's a chance that someone just bought her a plane ticket, which coincided with when she needed to go to Michigan to testify in court. It's the weirdest thing. And so once in a while, someone will give a really dumb answer when they're testifying and decide they've got to stick with it, despite the fact that she could have said, of course they paid a plane ticket. Otherwise, I have to drive out here from Seattle. It's a long drive. Yeah, plane ticket's not that expensive. Instead, she's like, I don't know who bought the plane ticket. It's one of the craziest answers I've ever seen in court. The judge is even like, kind of like, what? Like, seriously? And that was a professional witness. She testified in hundreds of cases before. So, uh, But here, this is interesting. And obviously, it's good news for Johnson & Johnson. If you're a stockholder, <laughs> save them a ton of money. But the court has dismissed the $224 million verdict against Johnson & Johnson in the talcum powder lawsuit. And uh, it looks like that'll be going back to trial if it doesn't settle. Christopher Brooks wrote that for CBS News. And Scott sent it to me. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. My optimism wears heavy boots and is loud.